Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Welcome back to You Can Homeschool. And today we're talking about, uh, oh, we're kind of getting a little reminiscent here. And it's uh, kind of kind of taking the approach of a letter, what we would tell ourselves if, if we had to do it over. Um, the way I like to look at it is a letter to my uh, new homeschool self. And Tracy and I kind of have touched about this, uh, touched on this talking together over time, but we thought we'd dedicate a whole episode to this. So this is hopefully little nuggets that you can take and learn from as you're getting started, you know, things that we've learned, uh, what to do or what not to do. So you don't have to make the same mistakes we did. You'll make your own mistakes, don't worry, but you don't have to make our mistakes. So Tracy's going to kick us off on this one. Tracy, what would you, if you were doing it all over and you got to talk to your new new homeschooler self, what would you tell yourself? Okay, well, I really had to think about this because over time as you homeschool, you keep tweaking things. And I have a background in project management, continuous improvement. And so naturally homeschooling, it would be like, okay, this isn't working. What can we do differently? And it was always evaluating, tweaking, changing. So I really had to think, um, you know, what were those key things that really made a difference? And then um, what I figured out was I, I put myself back, you know, years back and then mm -hmm. went, okay, what were the things that, that really stood out to us? And then all of a sudden we had one of those aha moments. So those are the moments I'm gonna, I was focusing on. So the first thing was from day one, it would be so important to figure out if your child is a visual learner an auditory learner or a kinesthetic learner. And so if you don't know exactly what those terms are, I'm going to give you an example. I'm a visual learner, which means I'm the type of person that I like to take a textbook and see the words written. And then I'll take a highlighter to highlight the key points. And then I'll take notes. Mm -hmm. And if I do that and I get, would get to an exam or something at school, I could remember, I could almost remember the exact page it was on. I could see it in my head, almost like a photograph of, you know, this piece of the textbook. I'd be like, oh, I know it's there on the page. So that I'm very visual and, and I'm not very good uh, auditory. That's not my skill. So the mistake I made was I assumed that's how I learn. So of course, that's how my children should learn. And I have two children who are almost purely auditory learners. So to explain that is they could go into a classroom they could hear and i say classroom because i'm talking about university or college they could sit in there listen to the professor and not take a single note and stu still do very well on their course and my husband is the same my husband and i actually were in pure mathematics together originally four classes same and he would never take any notes <laughs> and he still did well he's an auditory learner and to me i would go into 
a place, uh, a class of that. And I felt I was wasting my time because I had to sit through it, right? I would go home and read the book and highlight. And so that was one big mistake I made is I didn't really understand that when I was starting out. So I didn't take that into consideration when I was choosing curriculum or choosing how to teach them. Now, my middle daughter is equally good auditory or visual, but the best one is kinesthetic, which is back is actually where you're seeing and touching and doing. And so if you don't know really where your child is at, that is the best one to use because it uses the visual. It uses usually your auditory and it also uses touch. So it's just something to think about. And um, you'll get a lot of advice that people say, oh yeah, use this curriculum. And I caution you to check what, how is that how does that curriculum sit with your child? Does that work? So we used a math curriculum that I loved, but it was very kinesthetic. It was very hands-on. You, you would use blocks every time you would do something. Um, so again, that's something if you have uh, any time at all to research anything, I would say look into what those visual, kinesthetic, or auditory and figure out which suit your children, you will save yourself a lot of time and grief <laughs> trying to teach them the way you might learn. But that does. Oh, yes. And money. Pat's, Pat's pointing out money because you'll buy curriculum that is not suitable for your child. So that was one of the big things. Um, let's see. I took a few notes here. Oh, yes. Don't become a slave to your textbook. So you get a textbook on science or math or science experiments and you think, okay, I'm going to schedule them all out for the year. And then a particular Friday, you know, you all have the flu or whatever and it, it doesn't get done. And then you're like at the end of the year, oh, I still have like, you know, three chapters to cover. Well, the reality is when kids go to regular public school, the teachers don't cover every chapter in every book. They don't cover every page in every book. So don't become a slave to um, your textbook. If you're homeschooling and, you plan and you're planning to homeschool, it doesn't matter if they don't finish their math textbook that year. Maybe they took longer at one point. Just the following year, just pick up where you left off and keep going. And you'll find that, you know, your child might be in grade six for something and maybe what's considered grade eight for something else and grade seven for, it doesn't matter. You just, if you're doing a little bit every day, it will happen. So don't become a slave to your textbook or feel like you have to rush your child through something that they may be having difficulty with and may need to spend a little bit more time or a lot more time on before they move on. So that was another one. I wish I had known in the beginning. One of, one of the other things that we did that to, for us was, was one of the key factors that changed our homeschooling environment from good mm -hmm. to fabulous. And it has to do with what I call our homeschooling formula, where I finally sat down and got it out of my head that homeschooling is not just about books, textbooks, and workbooks. When we when I got that out of my head and realized that homeschooling and learning is so much more than that, that's when our homeschooling became amazing. So we came up with a little formula where we only spent a quarter of our time in the textbooks per se. And that was 
pretty consistent, maybe in the very higher grades when my son was doing more of the sciences that, that he needed to get into engineering. That changed a little bit, but a quarter of our time was spent on academics. A quarter of our time was spent actually volunteering in some capacity. A quarter of our time was spent outside. So we, we on a regular basis, spent easily two hours a day outside. Mm-hmm at the park, um, you know, uh, rollerblading, skating, uh, tobogganing, whatever. We were outside all the time. Um, And then the quarter of our time, and this was also key, was downtime, which I called scheduled downtime. It was a time during the day that the kids had nothing that they had to do so they could do whatever they want and it did not involve TV or electronics. And so if you want to build creativity in your children, just let them have some time to themselves that they can do whatever they want. And you will be amazed at what they will do and how much they will learn in that time. I, I'm not saying that everyone should adopt this quarter, 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 quarter. You'll work it out. But I think it's really good to figure that out. What's the big picture? How are we spending our time over the course of a month? And, and when we did that, and I, when things were off base or people were getting negative, I would look back at that formula and I would kind of calculate out where we had been spending our time, I'm like, oh, you know what? We've been too much in the textbooks, not enough free time, not enough. So that was revolutionary to us. And I stand by that like 200%. -hmm. Um, The other thing is to recognize that each of your children are different. And so we wanted to be fair to our children. So one of the things we would do is every year we would offer them a couple of like paid things they could do. So it might be piano and scouting. Um, It might be dance and uh, learning the violin. And one year, our son was struggling to come up with something beyond scouting. And he said, Mom, I would just rather have more downtime, even more than what we have. And I recognize that he's really introverted and he really likes to think things through and he really likes to work on his own projects. And I was trying to be fair to the kids and saying, okay, well, you pick your two. And And he just voiced that, I don't want those things. Well, that saved us some money. So that was great. (laughs) Over time, I realized that, you know, sometimes he didn't want to go out when we were going out somewhere. He had something he wanted to work on. And so I learned to recognize that for him, he's an introvert and he needs more time on his own. And instead of pushing the agenda that let's get out and do this and that and these exciting activities, which I love because I'm an extreme extrovert, wasn't suitable for him. So I had to back up and recognize that. So you need to look at each of your children. What are their needs? Do they need the social or do they need downtime? And depending on if they're introverted or extroverted, it's going to vary. And, and when you accommodate what suits them, I don't know, your whole environment becomes more positive. So I have a few more things, but Pat, I, I don't want to take up all time. I just want to hear some of the things that you did. So <laughs> yeah. Share with us some of the things that you did. Yeah, well, some of the things that I would tell my new self that, that I might not have done, <laughs> but looking back would have done. Uh, definitely, I, and I even tell people now that what you mentioned about the learning styles you know, I, I did not do that really with my older kids. I, I don't, that wasn't even a concept I was aware of back, you know, with, when I, back in the dark ages when I was homeschool started homeschooling. But uh, yeah, it does make a huge difference. And to that, what I suggest to people right now, when you're looking at curriculum, once you know that your, uh, what your child's or children's learning styles are, when you're looking for a new curriculum, always see if they have either a, a sample or a free trial and, 
and get it first and and then should you decide to use that program then also look for a placement test because don't assume that you know where your child falls in the way they in the, the way they present their material so that's kind of like the the, tri the perfect trifecta for me as you're searching for uh, curriculum is the sample free trial and then placement test always look for those things so that will save you a lot of money once you know your child's learning style then you'll be able to incorporate them and use them but what I would tell myself a couple of things if I was starting over was uh, would be first of all to to breathe deeply you know I, I think of the early years and all the stuff that I wanted you know all I wanted to do all the things and I wanted to be the the best uh, not necessarily comparing myself to anybody else, but I wanted to be the best teacher to my kids. And, and there was so much stress for me personally uh, that was so unnecessary. You know, you don't have to do hashtag all the things and you don't have to do it hashtag all the time. You know, there are seasons and there are moments and, 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 and just kind of uh, fall into that. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't have to all happen once, you know, immediately. So definitely I would say to, uh, to myself, you know, just breathe deeply and chill, really chill a little. Uh, the other thing I would tell myself is don't be afraid of, of the B word, bored. Uh, it's, it is okay. Now you may, I hope you're sitting down and not driving when you're listening to this episode, because this may, you know, I don't want to cause accidents, but it is okay for your kids to be bored. It really, it is, it is. I give you, consider this official permission to let your kids be bored. Uh, boy, you know, there, there should be time that, that your day, and if you have to schedule it, then do that. Uh, but there should be time that everyone's off tech, technology, whether it's, you know, computer, phone, and, and I know phone is addicting. I mean, it is for all of us. Uh, so that includes you, mom. You know, get, get off the phone, get off the internet, uh, no Netflix, like just really do that. And, and if they're bored, that's okay. You know, let them, let them, they will, nature abhors a vacuum. Okay. And, th and that's a principle that, that applies to us as well. And so they won't stay bored. I know, I know the first, the first comment I, I could hear you saying already, uh, well, they, well, when they're bored, they're going to get into trouble. Well, not if they have. Uh, options and again this is a this is a result of you know training and practice and and really kind of guiding you know mentoring them give them options have good books around the house have uh, interesting games that they you know can pick up and maybe they'll do with a sibling kids get into trouble when they're bored and they don't have any options so that's it, it has to be those two things. They're bored and they don't have any options. If you give them good options, get them, have a box of art supplies, uh, you know, that, that they can do. Have musical instruments around the house that they can, you know, try out. Get out, like, you know, Trace is a big proponent of getting out. Just go outside. Play. Oh, my gosh, just play. <laughs> you know, and that is at any age. And that includes you, mom. You know, we never really stop. We never outgrow the, uh, the need for play. I mean, adults need to play. We just, we kind of sublimate it or we, you know, get on our phone and just kind of squash it and push it aside. But it's fun to play, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm rediscovering this spending time with my granddaughter that 
it's fun just to sit in the grass and do what looks like nothing, you know, but it, it really refreshes and, you know, gets that creativity and imagination going, gets blood to your brain. Uh, it, it's just a wonderful thing. So those are the two things that, that I would tell tell myself right off the bat did you did you have anything else oh. that you wanted to share too I mean I, and everything Tracy said I do want to say amen <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple other things I was thinking about there was a point where my middle daughter she had seen one of her friends who had been homeschooled and lived nearby and her friend went into high school of grade 11 and we uh, homeschooled right to the end of grade 12. And there was a little bit of time where she was wondering, oh, I really want to go to school on that. And mm -hmm. she was already so ahead because academically she picks up really, really fast. And she had a lot of spare time to do her music. Mm. She was playing at a lot of different functions that she wouldn't have had time if she was in school. And so even at that time when she was kind of like, I just said, you know, Christy, I really think it's better for you at home. And, you know, I'd list the reasons, but she went through a bit of that. But after we finished homeschooling, she said to me, mom, I am so glad that you didn't listen to me because <laughs> uh -huh. she said, I realize now what I gained. And I'm not saying it's wrong to put your kids in at a certain grade or whatever. I think every family's got to make their own decision, what makes sense for their children. But at that time, it just didn't seem to be the right decision. And so I really... I had said to her, no, we're not going to do that. They're going to put you in grade 11. You're already finished all of that stuff. It's going to, you're basically just losing a year because you want to go socialize is how it seemed. And, but she thanked me afterwards. So sometimes when you do want to put your foot down and say, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm your mom. And I just think this is better for you. That's okay. And, you know, hopefully afterwards they'll come back and thank you. They might not, but again, just trust your gut as a mom that your instincts are right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing. And then don't worry if you're weak in certain areas. I am so not great with languages. And that, and where I live in Ottawa, Canada, we're in the capital city of Canada. Most people are bilingual or if they put their kids in school, they're in French immersion. <laughs> Even if they're English, they're put in French immersion from grade kindergarten to grade six. And then they kind of pick up the English. So was a big thing for us and a lot of people ask me like what about the language what about the second language what about the second and I'm really weak in that I'm gonna just interrupt there for a minute we have a whole uh, episode on how do I teach subjects that I'm not oh you're right and That's so crazy. I'm gonna interrupt you there Tracy because <laughs> you're about to give away stuff in that other episode so yeah that, but that is a that's a valid thing you know that's a that is definitely yeah, a question. yeah. And I've gone through that too, you know, how, how do I, do, and, and what I would tell my, my uh, earlier homeschool self will be in that episode. You're so right. <laughs> Just edit that part out. <laughs> okay. And then the last thing was, you know, initially I would always think, oh, we're following, following behind because the day didn't go exactly into the agenda. And it's like, you're never falling behind. If you are legitimately spending time with your children and doing a little bit every day, you're not falling behind. You're learning at the pace that your children are meant to learn. So don't ever worry about that. God, you know, has created them each unique. Boy, wouldn't it be boring if we all learned the exact same things at the exact same time? That's not 
who we are. We're all unique and we all have our special gifts and talents. So you're never falling behind. Get rid of that. <laughs> Just wipe the slate. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you that. So those are the thing, the big things that I would say. Um, so were, were the huge aha moments that, boy, I wish I had known that right at the beginning. Right. But that was part of learning too. <laughs> And I did write a, a post a while back on my blog, and I'll put a link to that too, so you can uh, take a look at that of things that I would tell my my new homeschool self. So we'll include that too, and have a little bit more uh, more bits of wisdom there to share with you. So yeah, all right. I think that's a good spot to stop. And so just trust yourself, give yourself grace, enjoy your time with your kids. Thanks, Pat, for all your wisdom. Um, I just love speaking to you each week because not knowing each other through the years of homeschooling and then meeting later on and having these conversations, I just feel such um, unity with you that, you know, we both ha had this common experience, even though we didn't know each other. Right. To be able to discuss it with the hope that those nuggets, some that you, the listeners will hear and glean something from that and again just choose the things that you hear that really speak to you and the ones that don't just leave them aside make it your homeschooling you can homeschool you can do this we look so forward to talking to you in the next episode just enjoy every moment so we'll see you next time that sounds great take care bye-bye everybody well that wraps up another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another candid conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy. Tracy.